why are you doing this? You're crazy. Why don't you just stick to your biweekly paycheck that can you can pay the rent with? Like, why are you willing to jump into the unknown and hoping there's a net on the very bottom that catches you if you don't fly? So it was just a sigh of relief to go like, you know what? This is actually legit. Like, you know, there is hope for people that want to go and branch out and do their own thing and not have to live the norm anymore. This is Debbie and welcome to another episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to become location independent. We'll learn how to create sustainable laptop lifestyles from the experts that will help us achieve freedom from our nine to five. Hey friend, for years now, I've given you a ton of stories on remote workers and digital nomads on this podcast, but I've come to realize that many of you beginners are still unsure on how to take the first steps to creating a freedom lifestyle through online work. Maybe you've been too afraid to take the plunge or just don't feel confident enough to land that online job due to inexperience. Well, I'm excited to announce that I've created a new YouTube series called Trying Remote, where I try a new online job or gig every month to give you a glimpse of what it takes to land a remote job. So if you need a little boost to try something new or just want to see what it takes to get started, you can go to theoffbeatlife.com slash trying remote. Again, you can go to theoffbeatlife.com slash trying remote to find our videos and to subscribe to our new series on YouTube. So please come and join me there so we can uncomfortably grow together. In this episode, I'm so excited to speak with Jaden, who became a serial entrepreneur in order to gain more freedom. Jaden knew that he wanted to become successful but wasn't sure how to go about it, and his initial spark came from his personal goal to be the first millionaire in his family. While some people get their drive from a source of inspiration, Jaden was mainly driven by his desperation for a more fulfilling life where money was not a concern at all. So listen on to find out how this former chef became a remote serial entrepreneur. Hey everyone, thank you so much for being here. I am really excited to speak with my guest today. I'm here with Jaden. Hey Jaden, how are you? I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me there, Debbie. Thank you so much for being here. Can you tell us about you, Jaden, and why you live an offbeat life? Yeah, so, you know, just a little bit about me. I'm a serial entrepreneur. Um, I'm in the dropshipping e-commerce space. And uh, the reason why I live an offbeat life is because I like to go against the norm. Um, I like to do things that people don't think are traditional. So I was raised in a household where the norm uh, was to be a doctor or a lawyer or an accountant or something like that. I decided, you know what, I'm going to go run my own business no matter how many times I fail. So, you know, it treated me well and I'm, I'm happy where I am. <laughs> I know it's pretty interesting when you go off to a different trajectory than what most people in your family goes to. And in the beginning, it's like, oh, my gosh, are you crazy? And then once you start succeeding, they're like, how did you do it? <laughs> so how did you get to that point where you wanted to be an entrepreneur, especially maybe your family weren't like that? How did you take that risk to do something different? Yeah, great question. So I'm what like some people can relate to is called an accidental entrepreneur, where it was not something that was on my mind. Like I didn't grow up or, you know, wake up one day as like today is the day I've become an entrepreneur and started a business. I mean, at the time that word didn't even exist, right? I didn't even know what that meant. The reason why I got into just building my own uh, business was because I was just getting into a position where I feel like, A, I'm not making enough money because there's always a ceiling or a cap of what I'm doing, you know traditional uh, occupation. And then two is I just wanted more freedom. 
Like for me now, the biggest thing is not so much about the financial rewards, it's about kind of like the time freedom. And back then when I was working, because I used to be a chef, so I was a corporate chef turned a serial entrepreneur. And like whenever I wanted to have a day off or a week off or just travel, you know, most people, they have to do what's called scheduling their day off. You know, you have to get approved by management in order to have time or spend time with your family or friends. And I didn't feel like that was living life. That's kind of like, you know, you're running on this treadmill, hoping to just keep up uh, before you kind of like burn out. So I was just like, is life kind of like this or is there more out there? Can I be my own boss? And when I saw other people that were just living their life, making money through their phone and their laptop and they didn't have to schedule a day off, it's because they own the business. I was just like, I want a taste of that. Yeah. And I love that you mentioned having freedom because for most of us who have started this type of lifestyle, it is all about the freedom. And I think you really realize how important your time is and how you spend it once you actually get there. Because for the most part, for us, when we start this, it is a lot of work. It's a lot of hustling and you actually end up working more than your day job. And then even though you don't ask a boss when you can take the time off, you're your own boss. And most of the time we're like, no, I'm not going to take this time off because I have X, Y, and Z to do. But then when you get to a point where you maybe delegate, you have a team, and then you can take that time and then you realize, oh my gosh, what have I been missing my entire life? So it's it's so crazy how time passes you work all that and then you finally reach it so when you finally reach that pivotal moment when you did have that freedom Jaden how did it feel <laughs> I'm thinking I'm not pausing I'm thinking because uh, <laughs> it was it was um it was breathtaking right I, I knew I mean the first thing, or at least for me, I think it's kind of like a norm when you you want something so bad and you crave for it, like you chase after it. There's always like, whenever you try to go for something, there's always like these moments or obstacles that get thrown at you and you feel like you're getting further away as opposed to closer to it. Yeah. Um, so for me, I, I cried, right? I was jumping up in joy, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, uh, tears of joy and stuff like that. But the, the feeling that I really remember that I'll never forget, it's just kind of a sigh of relief. You know, that all this struggle, all this work and all this, all this self-doubt and all this, uh, I would say a little bit of depression because sometimes being an entrepreneur, it's not all fun. It's not glamorous and stuff like that. You do go through some emotional struggles, but it's kind of like just that sigh of relief is like, okay, it paid off. I wasn't crazy. I didn't, uh, I didn't cave into what my parents or my friends were saying because most people, they, if they've never done it themselves, they will never be able to support you. Um, in the way that you want them to, because they don't know what it's like to be an entrepreneur. They don't know why you're taking all these risks. So as opposed to go like, yeah, you know, we believe in you. You can do it. Um, it's and then versus like, why are you doing this? You're crazy. Why don't you just stick to your biweekly paycheck that can you can pay the rent with? Like, why are you willing to jump into the unknown and hoping there's a net on the very bottom that catches you if you don't fly? So it was just a sigh of relief to go like, you know what? This is actually legit. Like, you know, there is hope for people that want to go and branch out and do their own thing and not have to live the norm anymore and live a better offbeat life, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's your way of finally, not even like you're mentioning, you know, it's not just for everybody's 
else, it's for yourself because you do, you work so hard to get to that point. And there are a lot of risks that you take. There are a lot of mistakes. There's a lot of failures. There's a lot of self-doubt that goes along with it. And you're also right, not many people, unless they've gone through something similar to you, will understand how it really feels once you finally start getting what your goals are. And then most of the time it's up and down. It's like really great. And then the next, you know, few months, it's really bad. And then the next year it's amazing. And then the next year, it's like, it's a roller coaster for, for the most part. So finally having that is a huge accomplishment. <laughs> yes, exactly. Roller coaster is the best way to sum it up. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you get, let's go back to when you first started this and you were a corporate chef. So how does a corporate chef become a serial and accidental entrepreneur? Because, you know, we, we want to learn how to do that. How do you, how do you take that leap and how did you make that successful? Yeah, this is a very fond memory. Uh, so taking a trip down memory lane and uh, I, I used to be shy talking about it, but now I love talking about it because it inspires people. So how does one individual aspire to be the next Gordon Ramsay and open those, up his own restaurant, be, you know, decide to become a serial entrepreneur and give that all up? So I was classically trained, uh, you know, French and Italian cooking. So my goal was to be, you know, opening up my own restaurant. And what gave me the drive and motivation after spending years and years being classically trained um, is really just financial, you know, money. I thought going into the industry, everything was glamorous that, you know, once you've learned from the best European chefs and you pay your dues, that at some point you will make the good money. Because at the time, I was making barely minimum wage, right? You're working 10 hours on your feet. They pay you what's called a daily wage, and that's all you make, no more, no less. And um, at that time, while you're learning for the experiences, because you're really trading time for experiences, right? Because if you have the opportunity to work under a two Michelin or three Michelin star chef, and for any of your audience that doesn't understand the lingo Michelin, it's just how they rate specific restaurants in terms of how well they do, right? So for me, it was just like looking at my paycheck every single day and trying to play almost like Jenga, trying to mix a match of how I'm going to pay rent, how I'm going to buy food, it gets, it gets really tough. So living paycheck to paycheck while kind of being under the impression that I'm trading my time for experiences, but my bills keep getting higher and higher, <laughs> it got to you. It did get to me. And uh, I was chasing the money. I really wanted to be able to chase the money, follow the money, and, and really believe that there's better out there. So that gave me that kick. And what really gave me the ultimate like jump or kind of like that kick was um, I saw an individual that I knew that was in the in restaurant industry as well. And he left and jumped ship. And all of a sudden over his social media posts, you know, you got the nice car, the nice suits and stuff like that. And I was wondering what he's doing differently. Like, is, is he selling like drugs or like, what, was, what is this guy <laughs> doing? Right. Um, because he left the culinary industry, the hospitality industry altogether. So fast forward, um, you know, long story short, I asked him, you know, can we meet for a coffee? Can I buy you a coffee? Because that's all I can afford at the time. Like I couldn't buy people lunch, right? So that's kind of like the other motivator. I can never really afford a proper lunch. Coffee is what I can do. So I asked him for coffee. We sat down. And I don't know if you've ever watched a movie there, uh, Debbie, Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Okay, good, good. Okay, awesome. I, I love having this comparison because it's exactly the same. So there was a scene with Leonardo DiCaprio and Jonah Hill sitting in the coffee shop. Leonardo DiCaprio's in his suit and his briefcase is getting his coffee, right? 
Then you have Jonah Hill walks over looking all nerdy and raspy. And he's like, is that your car? Um, and he's like, yeah. It's like, it doesn't make any sense. You live in the same building as me, but you drive a nice yellow Jaguar. Like, I can't put it together. And then, you know, the, the scene unfolds. He quits his job and decides to go work with Leonardo DiCaprio because he showed the pay stub for how much he made. That's what happened to me. We sat down to coffee. The guy showed me the pay stub. This is how much he made. Uh, he showed it for $65,000. And I was like, is that what you make in a year? He's like, no, I make this in two weeks. And at that time, I couldn't comprehend 65000 in two weeks because I made 35000 in a year before tax. So long story short, I just called my chef, my, the owners. I hung up my knives and you know threw in the napkins and towels. I was like, I don't want to work here anymore. And then I got into the insurance sales business. That is incredible. And when you looked at that paycheck and you were like, oh my gosh, were you even thinking about, was it something that you would enjoy doing or was it mostly financial? And it was kind of like the sticker shock of the 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 pay stuff that you were like, oh my gosh, this is what I need to be. And this is where my life has to go through. <laughs> exactly. It's the latter, right? It was money talks. It was purely financially driven, motivated. And I hadn't, I didn't know what to sell. I mean, it was a young 20 uh, ish year old uh, that just uh, came from the kitchen. And I was just like, I don't care what he's doing. If he's moving this, moving that, you know, shoveling dirt uh, for $65,000 in two weeks, I will do that. Just give me the money. And that's, you know, just kind of like Jerry Maguire said, show me the money. I do also want to talk about, because we we see this a lot, right? People say, follow your passion and the money will come. And in your experience and in my experience as well, following your passions most of the time, if you're not thinking about financials either, it doesn't come, especially if you don't know how to make that into a reality. Because I've been through what you've gone through where I followed my passion, but I didn't focus on the money. And obviously, because I did it, money didn't come. And you did the same thing. You know, you were a really great chef. You were working under people who were the top of the business and you kept working and working and you weren't able to make a living. And there is a huge misconception with that that I think people just think, okay, I could just do, I could just free, be free and do what I love and then all of this will come. And then you realize, you know, I mean, there's obviously exceptions to the rule and things happen, but for the most part, it doesn't unless you're able to connect both of them. So... <laughs> How did you get to the point where now you are also, I mean, are you passionate about what you do, Jaden? Or is it that you followed the money, the money allowed you to have the freedom, and now you're able to do what you're passionate about? So how did that go with you? Yeah, uh, Debbie, and it's a great thing that you brought up. And I kind of want to piggyback off and almost kind of like amplify what you said there uh, before I answer your question. I might have to ask you to repeat I forget. Yeah. <laughs> um, but following your passion doesn't really equate to, you know, making an abundance of money. And I'm not saying the universal saying is wrong. It's just kind of like it depends on the context. It depends on the situation, right? So most people who chase their passion, if financial is not a thing, yeah, they can keep building on forever. And at some point they will they will make it, right? And then for people who are struggling, trying to follow the passion, it's not going to work out. Uh, I equate like following your passion as opposed to the money is kind of like being a starving artist, right? Yes. Like 
you are probably artistically like gifted at some point. You could be the next Denzel Washington or the next Leonardo DiCaprio or, you know, uh, Martha Stewart or whatever the case may be. But how long can you put all that work and see no returns? Like, are you financially stable to go through all of that? So for me, you know, passionately driven as opposed to financially driven, you can flip that around. So for me, I chased the money and then I built a passion out of what was making me rich, what was, you know, paying the bills. So did I love sales when I started? No, I hated it. Being in front of people, trying to offer them some type of program, some time, some type of product. I hated it. After a few years, when my bank account grew, I loved it. Now I love sales forever. I do everything sales, right? So you can get passion out of something that you are driven financially. And it happens all the time, right? No one wakes up and they're like, I want to be a salesperson. I want to be in e-commerce. I want to build my own business. But you end up loving it because it starts to pay the bills, gives you more freedom, allows you to buy your first property, allows you to take those vacations you don't have to save up six months for, and allows you to buy things for your family that you just want to feel good about yourself to be able to do that. So I just want to kind of amplify that for your audience there, Debbie. So uh, not to get off track there. Yeah. And, and you know what it is too. It's like, we, we all want to do something that we love. That's really obvious, right? Because you don't want to do something that you hate for the rest of your life. And I think that's what most of us millennials, Gen Z are trying to work towards because we don't have to live like what our parents had to go through, our grandparents had to go through, but we also need to be realistic. And I tell people all the time, there's a vacation lifestyle and then there's a freedom lifestyle. A vacation lifestyle is very unsustainable. You're probably going through your savings. If you're lucky enough to have family that have money, which I'm sure you don't and I don't, you know, it's unsustainable for you to be able to do that. But when you have a freedom lifestyle, you create that freedom for yourself, whether it's creating something that you were passionate about and you made money on it, or you did make money and then you started loving it and then you created that for yourself. So you also have to be very realistic about this. And this is why I love talking to people like you, Jaden, because we kind of have to take that, you know, rose colored glasses, as they say, with this type of thing that we can't always love what we do. We have to do certain things as an adult <laughs> that will allow us to feed ourselves, feed our family, and then do something that we love later on, too. Or it could be a, a combination of both. So I, I love that you were talking about this because I don't think this is talked about enough. And I think when people hear this, it's like, it's very conservative. It's very old school. But I'm like, but it's realistic, though. It's realistic. It has to be talked about. <laughs> Yeah, and I love that. I just wanted to kind of quickly, because everything you're saying, I want to wrap up in, you know, just kind of like this segment uh, about uh, passion and, and really kind of like the vacation lifestyle and time freedom lifestyle is what my mentor said to me at a very young age. And I have a lot of mentors around me. And what you kind of just summarize is what he said is like, in order to get the things you love, you have to be able to do the things you hate. Yeah. Right? Because we don't love everything we do. Uh, but all those things that we don't love to do, it gets us closer to what it is that we do love, right? So whether it's putting in more hours, whether it's wearing ha like many hats all at once, being able to go through those tough moments, those are things you hate to do, but gives you the things that you end up loving to do. Yeah. And it's 
unfortunate because I think most people just want to get to the part where it's good and (laughs) and skip I mean we all want that I wish we could all just skip to you know they have like all the TikToks and the Instagram like let's skip to the good part I'm like I wish every time I wish we could just skip to the good part (laughs) let's skip to the good part Exactly. So you ended up now as a serial entrepreneur, one of the things that you are doing are e-commerce. You have e-commerce businesses. How did you get from, you know, insurance sales to now you have an e-commerce business and you're making income from this and it allowed you to have more freedom that you've never had before? How did that even happen? How did you get introduced to that and how did you make that work for you? Yeah, great question. So, you know, long before this became like really, really popular, which is around the time of the pandemic, right? When really people started, you know, getting furloughed or laid off and they're looking at e-commerce, just like, it will be nice to open up a store and sell some products to people, right? Like before that time, for me, it was kind of like, uh, I just love doing new things. The one thing that is my double-edged sword about myself, which is strength or weakness, is that I love to do things from scratch, see it do very well, and then kind of just slowly give up on it. So with the few, you know, with the multiple businesses I ran, I would always be the very beginning, started, get it to a certain like financial milestone, and then I would lose love and just go hire a CEO to take it over for me. So, you know, I couldn't really stick with the same business and trying to grow it to a higher level. So that kind of habit led me to e-commerce. So e-commerce was not my first business, right? It, 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 e-commerce is my seventh business. And it was literally like a napkin conversation. I was having lunch with a few colleagues and they were talking. And at some point we brought up e-commerce and drop shipping. I was like, what is e-commerce? Like uh, having a store and selling products. And we kind of dove into that conversation a little bit more. And then they're just like, you should try it. And for me, like at that point, taking risks was not so huge, right? Like, at least from a financial perspective, because I was already comfortable. So I decided to get into it, lost a lot of money, I would say. I didn't know what I was doing. And uh, <laughs> at that time, I was like, yeah, I don't know if I should get a mentor. I feel like I have all the financial resources to kind of figure this out myself. And I was completely wrong. <laughs> so I, uh, you know, I played around and then invest into a mentor and then drop shipping came around the time. And I was really against drop shipping, which is I'm doing now and going back to what we were saying earlier. You do the things you hate in order to find the things you love, right? So I hated drop shipping, the sound of it, where you are not building a business, you don't have a mission. I'm all about building a brand and really st- having a statement behind why you're building a brand. Drop shipping was the total opposite. You're selling faceless products for, for capital gains, right? Um, and then it kind of grew on me. And then I got I realized that you can use this model to turn into a brand uh, because drop shipping is basically just being able to verify the demand of a product. And I enjoyed it. I loved it. And it, literally, I just gave it my all. And I've been doing it for a while. And I actually really enjoy it. And then when the pandemic came, I was just like, oh, my God, I love it even more. Right. So, yeah, that's how I kind of got into it. Just another accident, I would say. <laughs> yeah, that would, well, it is a happy accident and it was at the right time, I feel like, because now you have something that has longevity and a lot of people would love to get into and it's becoming more and more popular, which is, you know, you're like, yay, sometimes things just work out, you know, and they happen for a reason. You're like, yay for all of this. So you mentioned, Jaden, that you've had seven businesses. Can you tell us all seven of them? Because that's pretty wild and awesome. (laughs) 
Yeah, of course. I'll be happy to. So the first business I start, okay, well, I started three businesses that completely flopped and I lost like 300 grand. <laughs> oh um, and that's a lot of money. But it was just fortunate because I did very well in my sales job. So the fourth business, it took off and it was a social media agency. So we're really just uh, basically helping influencers become influencers. So that's what we're doing. The second one was a real estate wholesaling company that we started where we're basically just taking up homes or that are like, you know, we call it TLC. So homes that need some tender love and care and they will fix it up and then flip it. Third business was a PR agency where we help people really be able to kind of get into the PR world of things. The fourth business was a tech uh, company. So it was a tech play. The fifth business focused on really just more so going back to my roots and catering and stuff like that. Cause I've always like, I still have a love and stuff for catering <laughs> and cooking. So I figured I would start a catering company, but that didn't do well. So, um, and then seven business led me to drop shipping. Wow. And it's so interesting how different they are from each other. And you just tried your way into different aspects of different businesses. And, you know, there were flops and then there were the ones that did succeed. So it also just goes to show us all that, a successful business person doesn't succeed usually their first try. You have to keep trying over and over and over again. And there's a lot of failures and mistakes and financial losses that you had mentioned, which is a lot of money, as well as financial gains. And you you reap what you sow, right? You, there's a lot of things that you had gone through and learned from this. So that's pretty incredible that you had gone through all of that and you didn't give up. <laughs> Yeah, and, and honestly, giving up doesn't exist in my vocabulary. So that's a, like the, that's a other trait that I'm very proud of, and a lot of people do have it. Um, some people don't, and the ones that do, they do very well in life. Right? Is my inherent ability to just never give up, no matter how tough it is. Right? So. Um, getting a little bit more personal, uh, personable here is the reason why I picked that up was because I did suffer from depression, right? Like a lot of us go through some kind of um, mental anxiety, some kind of mental roadblock or some kind of mental, you know, setback or some kind of emotional struggle. For me, I suffer from depression for seven years and, uh, you know, I overcame it. And what I learned from that whole seven year experience is that I'm one tough individual that no matter what gets thrown at me, I'll figure a way out. And if anyone's ever gone through depression, and if you're listening uh, today here as an audience, if you if you are going through it or you've went through it, you, you know that you're going to come out alive because you have hope. I mean, that's all we cling on to is hope, right? So when it came out of it, for me, it was life became easier because you realize there's nothing worse that you can go through than this. And uh, that's why I went from business to businesses because it's the same trait that allowed me to overcome depression that I've inherently built and going like, yeah, you know what? Life can throw me 15 different curveballs, but I promise you I'll, I'll dodge them. I'll still get hit, but I'll dodge them and, and move forward because no matter how heavy, how hard I get hit, I'll just keep moving because I'm, I have hope that things will work out. Yeah, and thanks so much for sharing that to us because you you have gone through a lot and depression is something very common with a lot of people, especially people who are very driven and you don't realize how much a person is going through in the back end of it because you just see their success and even their failures. And most of the time we kind of just want to be like, yeah, I'm fine. You know, you don't really want to show that you don't want to look vulnerable because you, you don't want to 
seen as being weak. And then at the back end of that, like you're literally dying on the inside and nobody knows about it, which is really important to to share with a lot of people because this is not an easy life um, that that you're leading, Jaden. And obviously for, for a lot of people, the last few years has been incredibly um, hard. It's been really hard for, for a lot of people. But, you know, at the end of the day, most most of us are, you know, most people are very tough. And if you can go through something that hard and then come out of it where you are, Jaden, you know, what else can you do? What else can you accomplish? Because, you know, at the end of the day, if you don't give up, as long as you don't give up, you just keep going and you keep succeeding. You keep failing and succeeding some more. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And I'm pretty sure you agree with me, Debbie, in saying that most people just give up way too early before they become successful. You know, success is right around the corner. Most people, they rather just give in way too soon. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen this. I don't know if this is a meme or if this was just like a, a cartoon, but this was from a long time ago where this uh, guy is chiseling, trying to find gold and then he gave up and it was only like five inches left. If he just kept going a little bit more, he would have struck gold. And then the next person on the other side just kept going. And then he finally, like he was ready to give up and then he just kept going. And then he got all the gold. Meanwhile, the other person would have been there sooner, but he gave up five inches before uh, chiseling through. So yeah, I mean, if you're not going to get it, somebody else will, right? Because it's, there's a lot, there's enough for everybody, but it's just, you know, you, you just got to keep going sometimes. <laughs> I can't remember where you hear that from. I feel like uh, I, I read that in the How to Think and Grow Rich, but I, I, you can tell me where you heard that from because I can't remember. I honestly, I don't know. I just remember like a cartoon or a drawing of it. And there was like a small thing. I don't even remember where that image is from. But every time someone mentions like not to give up and just keep going, you're almost there. I'm like, I always think about that image. I'm like, yeah, I'm like there's a pot of gold there somewhere that you're you're ready to get. But you just gave up. <laughs> Exactly. Success is literally right around the corner is what I tell myself every morning. Exactly. Well, thank you so much, Jaden, for sharing all of this with us, for sharing your journey with us. So let's look forward to maybe 40 to 50 years from now and you're looking back at your life. What legacy would you like to leave and what do you want to be remembered for? I love that. Yeah, because uh, I live by saying that uh, my goal is not to live back and uh, leave behind an inheritance, but to be able to kind of leave behind a legacy. I've actually thought a lot about this question. The kind of legacy I want to leave behind is when they think of me or they think of Jaden for the years to come, is that I was the most humblest person, down to earth person that was willing to help them achieve their goals. So the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing and I run an, uh, you know, a platform where I teach people how to do e-commerce and start and grow and scale their dropshipping store, right? And that's just not because of the financial aspect of it. It's because I genuinely want to give back to the same opportunity that I've been blessed with. And I really just want to be to have people see the same opportunities that I've seen done 
So that's kind of legacy I want to leave behind. It's like, you know, Jaden helped me or he was a great uh, individual that generally just loved people and wanted to help people. I love that. And obviously you're doing it right now. And who knows what's going to come beyond this in the next, you know, 40, 50 years. So, yeah, we would love to see where your journey keeps taking you, Jaden. Thank you again for being here. We really appreciate you. If our listeners want to learn more about you, where can they find you? Yeah, and thank you so much for having me there, Debbie. So for anyone listening today, if you want to find more about me, you can find me on my two most active uh, social media platforms. Um, Instagram, you can find me at under Jaden, J-A-I-D-E-N-V-U, so Jaden Vu. And exact same thing on TikTok, just Jaden, J-A-I-D-E-N-V-U. Perfect. Thanks, Jaden. We really appreciate you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Jaden. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the extended interview where he shares how to deal with depression as an entrepreneur. Hey friend, have you been wanting to start a podcast? I know it can be overwhelming in the beginning. Believe me, I have been there. Lucky for you, we have created a new site called howtocreatepodcast.com that shares a ton of freebies that can help you get started. From launching, growing to monetizing, we share it all in one place. Visit howtocreatepodcast.com for more information. Hey listeners, thank you for listening to this episode and I'm so thankful for your support. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode and get suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, and so much more. Feel free to reach out at hello at theoffbeatlife.com and let me know what you'd like to hear. If you like the show, don't forget to give us some love and review on iTunes. Thank you again for being a part of this journey, and I can't wait to hear how your location-independent story will unfold.